0: welcome to the awesome girl adventures podcast on this episode i sat down to talk with elizabeth sneed or the creator behind curvy surfer girl both an instagram account and a force of movement now you might know her for that or have heard of that but on this episode i wanted to go beyond not just Kirby Surfer Girl, because it's not just Kirby Surfer Girl. It's an incredible movement and online community, but I wanted to get to know more about Elizabeth and what brought her to this place and what inspired what she is now creating. So if you want to know the same, listen in. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Awesome Girl Adventures podcast. And today I'm going to let our guest introduce herself, tell us who she is, where in the world she's talking to us from, and what she does.
1: Aloha, Awesome Girl Adventures. I am so stoked to be here today with each of Yay. you, and especially with Ashley, to discuss Yay. Curvy Surfer Girl and our body-positive surfing movement.
0: I love that. That's awesome. So um, did so talk a little bit more about the Curvy, um, curvy Surfer Girl.
1: Okay, so Curvy Surfer Girl was started... Um, just over a hundred days ago. I think we're on day like 115 wow. today. Yeah, it's okay. it's brand new. So um a little over three months in. And okay. this is dedicated towards moving the needle in the surfing industry to start including and diversifying the image of the surfer girl. Um, okay. I know for you know decades and, and my entire life, I've never ever seen a surfer girl that looked like me and um i wanted to start something that included other women because i know if i was mm. surfing there had to have been other women like me similar to me in this plus size demographic or mid size okay. demographic i know there's new yeah. terms coming out every day for women and their sure. sizes but the general term for anyone over a size 8 is plus size so that's like from 8 to 16 or 18
0: So in this
1: demographic, there was just no representation in surfing, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to make sure that women knew that we equally belonged in this community and that they Mm -hmm. were welcomed in surfing and start creating images and uh, messages that targeted um, including women into that demographic of the surfing culture and surfing world. So that's what I do, and I lead that movement with thousands of other women that show up in the lineup every day.
0: Yes, that's amazing. I did notice. So I've been following you on Instagram for a while now um, on the Awesome Girl Adventures account, and I, I think also my personal account. I get confused because I go back and forth between the two, so I forget yeah, like who no I wear where sometimes. I did notice that in the last like two and a half months ish time frame, I started noticing a shift in the focus of your Instagram account, right? And it's, um, the, the 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 messaging getting very very much, I, I don't know if you want to say maybe kind of like getting into your voice maybe, right? And that message and that that positivity and that support and that encouragement, but it was also very obvious that you didn't just start surfing, right? That this is something that you have been in for a long time yourself. And so I want to know some more about that background from you. Like when you started surfing, what that was like in the beginning for you and how you transitioned that to curvy surfer girl and a whole movement, right? Not just a personal feeling or a personal journey, right? How, where did that personal journey start to really come into play? And then how did it then transition into this movement? Sure. So I started surfing
1: three years ago. I had a passion for surfing. Once I came to Hawaii as a tourist in 2012, I used surfing as a tool to, Recover from some really severe um, trauma, a near drowning experience when I was a teenager in the oh ocean. I was in the Gulf of Mexico.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I barely made it out with my life, and so oh my
0: goodness, that's terrifying. I was
1: petrified of the ocean, and when uh-huh. I say petrified, I wouldn't go more than ankle deep into the ocean without shaking and like involuntarily crying. I'm wow. and I still to this day struggle. People don't really know it, even when they surf with me. But to this day, I still struggle with having panic attacks in the ocean, especially when we have very large swells and mm-hmm. um, this, just the conditions can be more aggressive, or mm-hmm. I'm trying to push myself to get to the next level, which requires being deathly afraid and paddling for bigger waves, because the only way you're going to get to bigger waves is to try and take them on. and um, process the failures and that Mm -hmm. washing machine effects that go with them. So this whole journey started three years ago with Ohana surf project and my surf coaches, which varied, um, because every single one of them at that organization are incredible, but my primary surf coach that I thoroughly bonded with and Mm -hmm. really kept me coming back and giving me the courage and strength psychologically, as well as emotionally, Mm -hmm. Um, And and in a lot of ways, physically, because she was physically instructing me too, is Mm -hmm. Chelsea. And um, Chelsea kept me under her wing. And still to this day, she is my surf coach. Like people have to realize when you start surfing three years ago, three Mm -hmm. years sounds like a long time. But for a sport like surfing, it's incredibly difficult. And there's so many layers to the sport of surfing. It's not just getting on the surfboard and learning how to paddle and stand up. You have uh-huh. to start learning how to read tides, how to read waves, how to choose the right wave, what surf spot you need to be surfing at for your mm. level. I mean, mm-hmm. a beginner is not going to go to pipeline or, or you are going to ask for potential life harming waves, right? Absolutely, so you have right. to learn all these things. You have to learn mm-hmm. where your place is and you have to, in many ways, earn your right to become a surfer. It is not something that is done Overnight, or within a year, or even a couple Mm -hmm. years, and that's why I still consider myself an advanced beginner. Um, Because there, to get to the intermediate stage, it's even then, I I'm going to have to surf way more. I have so much more stuff I have Mm -hmm. to do to even consider myself an intermediate surfer. Sure, that makes sense. So I just want to highlight that because I know there are going to be a lot of women, especially following the Curvy Surfer Girl movement, that Mm -hmm. haven't been surfing for maybe even a couple months or a year. And Mm -hmm. it's very discouraging in the beginning. I tell women all the time when I was surfing, I would have, I, I, first of all, I had a lot of physical issues when I first started. So I had an undiagnosed migraine Uh condition and I have something called exercise induced migraines and I was throwing up while I was surfing. Yeah. So like Exercise induced my I thought I was gonna have a, an aneurysm, to tell you the truth. I had no clue yeah. why. You're
0: like, what is happening it was, exactly? It was
1: it was really bad. So for me, what happened with these exercise induced migraines is my blood vessels going to my head would constrict and okay. they wouldn't allow oxygenated blood to my head. Mm. And so when I was surfing, I was pretty much like my my brain was lacking oxygenated rich blood and so my eyes would cross I would get it severely nauseous it felt like a thousand pounds was crushing down on my skull and I had to work with my instructors and doctors and people to try to get through that because I told my surf instructors I'm like I don't care if I throw up every single time I go out surfing as long Mm -hmm. as I know you guys can get me back to the to the shore which they did have to do at times I'm like, I'm not gonna stop. Wow. And I think that that alone would be enough to just throw somebody off. But then I was dealing with seasickness because I'd mm-hmm. never been in the ocean. I'd, I'm from Texas and Arizona. So I've okay. been landlocked my whole life. Yeah. So I was also dealing with, in addition to the migraines making me nauseous, there were days in the water where the movement and the backwash would mm-hmm. cause me um, to get seasick. And I was mm-hmm. dizzy and disoriented. So there's a lot that went into this whole journey to get to where I am three years later. I have most of that under control now. Like I have medicine for the migraines and my body has adjusted to being in the ocean a lot. Um, but that's on a personal front. And then when I started surfing, I was 207 pounds. So quite a bit heavier than I am now about 40 pounds heavier than I am as you see me today. Okay. Um, And I just obviously felt like shit about myself. There's no other way to put it. Mm. Um, You know, very overweight, but I was super optimistic because the reason I gained a lot of that weight was because of environmental stressors. I was living in a desert and I was allergic to the entire spread of the desert to the point where they had to remove my tonsils and put me on um, anti-allergy medicine because it was Mm -hmm. such a toxic wasteland for my my biology yeah but then when I moved to Arizona although I was starting out as a 207 pound surfer I knew I'm like just the athletic um input required was going to slim me down and being in the ocean being in a happy stress free Mm -hmm. space
0: it was kind of like a win-win you got to do this activity you loved and you knew it would also impact these other parts of your life
1: Yes, 100%. And just being happy, honestly, helped tremendously too. like when you're when you are in your zone, and you are like living your dream, your body responds to that. So just keep that in mind. Um, And so where I'm going with this is when I Mm -hmm. when I was 207 pounds, I've posted photos, and you can see like nothing was fitting my body. I mean, I had rash guards rolling up. I was wearing men's stuff, or I was trying Mm -hmm. desperately to find things that fit my breasts and my hips that I could Mm -hmm. surf in. And I always looked kooky because just nothing, there wasn't anything for women like us to Mm -hmm. surf in. Um, There were standard fashion swimsuits, but that didn't always translate to being able to surf in. Yeah. And so I remember you know when i was 207 pounds and the struggles i went through and not being able to go into any surf shop and find Mm -hmm. something that was going to fit me or i would have to just have my breasts like exploding from my chest because there was nothing that was really containing them outside of these you know rash guards um and that's what i lived in Uh, were rash guards So I remembered that. And then of course I, as anticipated dropped down to 150 pounds where I was this lean athletic machine. I had abs. I was like, Ooh, I'm the it girl now like ain't nobody gonna touch me. <laughs> I you know, have I was
0: arrived. Like,
1: oh yeah, girl, I was too. I'm like, "Ooh, look at me. I am a fine <laughs> bitch." You know, and I was,
0: girl. How do you like was, me now?
1: Right? I was like, "Look at my weight loss journey. Ooh, girl, y'all don't even know. I was I was on cloud 9 thinking I had it made in the shade." And wow. that was not my destiny. It wasn't wasn't supposed to work out that way because um Around late last year, early this year, I started okay. climbing the scale again. And this had to do a lot with stress. Like, I'd lost my job and I was transitioning to a new job, and I didn't, you know, want to you know, do anything wrong to jeopardize mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Then we yeah. have the pandemic, and, and I lose that pandemic. job. And I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> right. So I jumped uh, back up another 25 pounds. Okay. And that's where I sit today, which is about 175. And I'm five foot tall. So I'm definitely like a thick, short girl. I wouldn't, you know, I still have muscle underneath me, which a lot of people Mm -hmm. tend to criticize. They're like, well, you're not as heavy as some girls. And it's like, look, I've been on the spectrum. All right. Mm -hmm. I've been 130 pounds for the majority Mm -hmm. of my life. Then I shot up to 207, then went back Mm -hmm. down to 150. And now I'm at 175. So I'm like, I'm not here for any of the whole you need to be fatter stuff. Like, yeah. I am what I am. And the movement is about getting women in the water where they are, right?
0: Right, so, right. Regardless of what that place is, right? Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter because there are girls that are stick thin that have severe body image issues. And there are girls mm-hmm. that are totally heavy set or plus size and have no issues with their body. So it doesn't matter what size you are. What matters Mm -hmm. at the end of the day is that there's representation for a diverse cast of women in the surfing industry. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: Mm -hmm. as I made that progression back up the scale, that's when I was like, you know, there's all these body positive superstars taking off and there's absolutely nothing in surfing and nothing really in the athletic realm. Like I get that I'm not a Carissa Moore, or I'm I'm not a Bethany Hamilton, like I'm not that good of a surfer, but I was able to come to a place in my mind mm-hmm. where I'm like, I think I'm good enough after three years of dedicating a significant yeah. chunk of my life to learning how to surf, yeah, that I can be the voice for body positive surfing. And I'm like, I'm sure there's going to be other women that probably are on a pro level, s- hidden under a rock somewhere that are gonna come out and find me. And then I can support them and Mm -hmm. they can join in on this and we can all Mm -hmm. learn from each other and build those images and and messages together as a community. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what started happening. I did start finding other like women who've been surfing their whole life and Mm -hmm. are in that plus size demographic and they're shredders. So, and I highlight them on my page and my curvy surfer girl highlight reels.
0: Mm -hmm. And I knew
1: that I didn't want to make this personal. It wasn't a me thing. It was Mm -hmm. definitely like, I will be an avatar. I will be one of the avatars that will, you know, relentlessly pursue this because I have this personality. I have this disposition. I don't give a shit what people think about me and Mm -hmm. who wants to come after me for this. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of women in that plus size demographic don't want to reveal these most vulnerable parts of themselves. They're just not there yet. Yeah, um, and yeah. they haven't seen anyone else do it. A lot of what we're doing, we are creating as we go. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier about finding my voice, that's definitely something that's evolving, you know, as Absolutely. we do this.
0: Right. And figuring out that that connection with other people. And I did not want to interrupt while you were sharing no, no, no. this I'm entire just trying story talk- for us.
1: Yeah, so no, we can have, it's great we can I just, info out <laughs> I
0: have so many thoughts and so many reactions to everything you said from you know your experience in Mexico and almost drowning to now you've been surfing for three years and overcoming the migraines and the allergies and then you know, your body adjusting and changing drastically right throughout this time yeah. as well and I am just the, the biggest thing I'm thinking right now is this gal is determined to yes. do what her heart <laughs> loves, right? Yes. Like you are not letting any of these things stop you. And at the same time, you're using your sport, your surfing as the conduit to get you there, right? right. And I, I respect that so much because so often something happens and hinders us and we're like, ooh, And we just, we stop, right? We go into preservation mode or whatever, and we just don't keep pursuing. And you have pursued and overcome, and then you meet another roadblock and you've overcome and you keep going. And now you're pulling up others behind you, which to me I think is the whole point, right? Is to bring others along with us. It's not about making it there, it's about who we can bring with us. I love that entire story. And, um, I love what you're doing on your surfer page, the, the curvy surfer girl. And I've seen just it grow and grow and grow over just, yeah. you know, the short time. And I, I so respect that. Like you said, there is an opportunity there, right? There are so many other women that have various views of themselves, regardless of the size, right? Regardless. Yeah. absolutely, It does not and matter. So, That's
1: one thing I've learned.
0: Right. right. <laughs> No, for sure. And with all of that, what I'd really love to hear more on too, Elizabeth, is you as a surfer, you as a woman, in your athlete, in your element, and what that means for you. What does surfing give you that was the thing that brought, kept you coming back, especially being a landlocked Texas and Arizona girl, right? Yeah. I would love to hear about that first time that you went surfing in Hawaii and why you kept coming back.
1: So when I first came to Hawaii, this is going to get into the metaphysical woo-woo spiritual side of me. Um, You know, I am (laughs) a very grounded, like scientific, real person. I by no means am like one of those crazy astrologer hippies. If you are, love you. I mean, it's just not me, right? But I do have, um, you know, quite a bit of like, it it involves a lot of spirituality. There's no other way to mm-hmm. put it. These things are quite abstract. They're not tangible. You have to feel mm-hmm. them to experience them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women relate when I say that. I mean, it like I said, it does get into that woo-woo zone, but if you listen, you, you do really feel it as a surfer mm-hmm. and you know it when you know it. So when I first came to Hawaii, the moment I landed on the plane, there was this sensation that overtook me. And it the sensation was, I'm home. I've never truly felt Mm. that anywhere. Even when growing up in Texas, I was like, I got to get out of here. When I was in Arizona, I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, these are not where I belong. And as soon as my body connected with the land here, I was like, I'm home. And I told one of these stories on another podcast, but I could literally, this is not woo woo, I could feel the tide in my chest and i think Mm -hmm. i've kind of thought about this over the years i i'd never been on an island surrounded by the ocean in my whole life and i could feel the forces of the earth acting on that island and it Mm -hmm. it was very physical inside of me like it it was mostly in my chest where i felt it Uh and so it would wake me up during the tide changes because it was just like this intense feeling Mm -hmm. i i mean I don't really know how you describe it, but it was like you could feel the ocean pulling back the island. And okay. that's when I would go to the Beach Boy stands. Um, that's where I decided I was gonna try to conquer this fear of the ocean and I was gonna try to repair that because it was a magnet for me. Like there mm-hmm. was no keeping me from that water. Once I saw you it, you were gonna figure it, it was, out. I was like, I've got to be in it. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm shaking and I'm scared and I'm on the brink of tears, but I've got to be in that water. And it was the Beach Boys of Waikiki that took me and mentored me and made me feel safe and put me on the surfboard. And that first wave I caught was the most blissful, out of body, freeing experience of my entire life. I mean, I don't really know how you describe something that makes you feel Like Mm -hmm. you have literally left yourself and Mm -hmm. you're experiencing this reality in a whole new blissful perspective. But that's exactly what it was like. I mean, I was one with the core of the earth. You know, those waves Mm -hmm. take hundreds and thousands of miles to form in the deep ocean just to hit those shores of Waikiki. And I was connected to that entire force from from its origin to that end and Mm -hmm. you could Feel it went through me. It was magnetic, electrifying, life changing, and I never wanted it to end. And I knew that I belonged in Hawaii and that Hawaii was going to be my home until the day I died. There was just no question in my mind about it. It took me five years of praying, hoping, wishing, planning my life around mm-hmm. that central dream. And I never stopped being homesick since the day I left for Hawaii and every single day i'm here is the greatest blessing of my human experience
0: it sounds like it well for, for saying that it's hard to explain and you can't put it into words i think you did an amazing job of putting that into words it's, and describing what that felt it's like it's so hard it's you know because it's
1: like trying to describe what drinking water is like like how do you describe that you do like you can feeling. say synonyms yeah. like it's refreshing or whatever but It doesn't do it justice when you're really thirsty for water. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. I think you gave us a really amazing glimpse into what that is for you. And I so appreciate that because it is one of those things that almost kind of becomes so a part of you. Like, how do I describe this to somebody, right? How do I put this feeling into words? I love the connection that you made of like the energy in you, the energy you feel in the sport, in the water, right? The energy you feel from all of that, right? And the fir- like you said, the first time you caught a wave, right. Yeah. And that stuck with you. And you're like, I don't ever want this feeling to end. That's, um, that's incredible. And in the midst of all you know, from that first time to, you know, now surfing for three years. So, and so there was a five year span you said, right. Between when you right. left Hawaii that first time and then went back. Okay. So did you not surf for five years? Did you take vacations and surf? No, you didn't surf for five years.
1: I went to California for a weekend. Um, That's where I met my second ever surf instructor. His name was Richard. Um, He was was in Newport Beach, which were the photos that I just posted this last week of me at my heaviest. But no, I mean, outside of going to California that one weekend and Maui, The year before I was to move to Hawaii, those were the only two times in five years I ever got to surf. And I I was, I was literally like hyperventilating, soul crushed when I had to leave the ocean. Like Mm -hmm. it was devastating. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in a pretty bad depression for weeks after I would leave the ocean. It was like, please take me back to that space. It it was, it wrecked me to not be by the water after- after that
0: Hawaii trip. Wow, so you knew you had found your thing. Yeah. And so once you got back to Hawaii and were able to make that happen, what is one experience that you've had while surfing that stands out above the rest?
1: Oh God, there's so many, Ashley. Pick
0: one <laughs> of them. Pick one of them. <laughs> the one that comes um, to your mind first.
1: <laughs> It's another woo-woo one.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Um,
1: it's a bit out there.
0: Life is I'm very just... much hard science as well as unexplainable <laughs> things that we all just know actually exist.
1: Yeah, I I, I guess I, if you couldn't tell, I'm a little bit insecure about my woo-woo-ness sometimes. Because like I said, I mean, there, when there's no evidence behind it, it's kind of like, do you tell people this? You know, like, nobody can verify
0: this has ever happened. Um,
1: but I have talked to other surfers and they've had quite mystical experiences as well. Like it is kind of a common trend, I think in the realm of surfing to have in a lifetime, like just unexplicable, miraculous things happen to people. Um, So one of mine that comes to mind, I'd been surfing. um, I think I was three months deep into surfing and Duke has always, and will remain one of my heroes of life. Like I, I can't even put Duke into words. Duke is someone that is completely transcendental. He's like the Buddha, the Dalai Lama. Like he's, you know, he's an iconic, legendary, beautiful man who completely embodied what it meant to have aloha and that the deepest, purest connection
0: with the ocean. And, and so he, I- There's a statue of him on Waikiki, yes. am I correct? And okay. there's
1: one also in Southern California. I forget the beach, but I was just there not that long ago. I want to okay. say it's right outside of the Newport area. There's two statues. That of him. seems
0: like Newport seems like a, like it would be there, but okay. I just wanted to verify Yeah, it's,
1: it's in that area. So there's okay. two of him. Um, but the one in Waikiki is the most famous of his image and likeness. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, standing there with arms wide open, greeting everyone to the shores of Oahu on, on the South shore.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I, um, I always talk to the ocean. It's one of my things it's, you know, call it crazy, whatever but i talk to the ocean and i always ask you know in prayer that i'm safe and that um i can be used to uh you know be a vessel to protect and love the ocean but then also um you know be a vessel for something bigger than myself right so these are this Mm -hmm. is a pretty consistent prayer that i do every single time i get in the water whether it's silently or out loud speaking to the water okay and that day i honored um duke in my prayer as i paddled out and i said you know duke it's your birthday today this surf session is even happening because you were such a great man and you perpetuated surfing so that i may be here today to experience this so this is in your honor paddled out um like i said brand new surfer i mean really three Mm -hmm. months 90 Mm -hmm. days in Mm -hmm. and I was um, surfing my home break, and a couple larger swells for me came in. Um, They, even in today's standards, they probably wouldn't have been that big, but like three foot waves, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. a little bit chunky, uh, but big for a brand new surfer. Yeah. And I managed to catch one, but I almost lost my footing because I was still so new, and I yelled out, Duke. I'm like, help me, you know? Yeah. And I felt this pressure on the back left shoulder and it stabilized me onto my board. Mm -hmm. I managed to get down that wave and I was surfing and I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. Like that could have been anything. Mm -hmm. But then as the wave started to die, Mm -hmm. I felt the pressure come back and it was pushing me, and Mm. the wave reformed, and I had enough momentum that I caught that wave all the way to the sand, and I was bawling tears in my eyes, because it's so hard to even talk about, I just, I knew that Duke Mm -hmm. was on that wave with me, and Mm -hmm. um, it was his birthday that day, and I was like, there's no other explanation for how I managed to get from the lineup all the way to the sand Mm -hmm. with that. It was one of the longest waves I'd ever rode in my life. I think that Mm -hmm. that ride was almost a minute long from where I was way out in the lineup to the, to the shore. And then I got off my surfboard. There was Hawaiian music playing in the background. And I just sat there and bawled and bawled and bawled and said, I will never forget this thank you for being with me in the ocean and for sharing that experience with me and that was one of the most memorable waves of my life
0: that is beautiful whether anybody believes in woo-woo stuff or not (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was very powerful exactly exactly you can tell it just in your voice and even you know the way it overcame you emotionally um, that's, that's an incredible moment, especially for someone so new to his part yeah. and for somebody that wants it, wanted it and wants it so bad. Right. Yeah. It kind of, it was almost like a con- maybe if, as I'm hearing you, it sounds almost like a confirmation for you. Yeah. Right? It, it
1: definitely felt like that. It felt like, mm-hmm. you know, to be connected to someone so beautiful in that way to know mm-hmm. that that prayer went out through the echoes of the ocean and was received you know i i i don't i can't think of anything more beautiful and um it was actually just earlier this year about six months ago mm-hmm. i was watching a documentary an old documentary about duke honomoku and okay. he had gone to southern california he was surfing and there was a capsized fishing boat named the thelma and okay. he paddled out from the lineup and rescued nine men from drowning. Wow. One of yeah. those men was Mr. Sneed. And that would have been one of my relatives, re- like however many times removed, but all the Sneeds are related. We okay. came from the same lineage in of England and settled okay. throughout the United States. And okay. when they they brought the nine men that he rescued and saved onto this television show it was like an ed sullivan type show okay okay and they're like this is so and so so and so and mr i believe it was edward sneed and he was the first person to greet duke and duke said mr sneed i didn't know if i was ever gonna see you again and i'm like (laughs) that's my name like,
0: right you're like wait what that is
1: my name I what are yeah, the odds that she rescued mm-hmm. one of my relatives you know mm-hmm. what I mean like mm-hmm. insane
0: that's so, so cool
1: yeah I that was another insane coincidence that I just felt like was another confirmation mm-hmm. like there's a connection between me and Duke whether it's metaphysical or you know, mm-hmm. coincidental. I don't know, but right. he's
0: my personal hero. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And your wave ride buddy, I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, <laughs> so I call that party. I think the <laughs> party wave Party <I> wave buddy.
1: <laughs> that was like an assistance moment. <laughs> right,
0: exactly, exactly. Surf and assist. <laughs> so <laughs> that
1: yeah, I, That's that's my most memorable wave story I can think of. That was that was really that's a great. powerful experience in Surfer.
0: Yeah, that is for sure. And so not to, I gotta hate to shift gears so drastically from something yeah, so ahead. like <laughs> impactful and, and, and kind of serious. Um, but just out of curiosity, there's two things I'm really curious to know from you is okay. where's your favorite spot to surf and like what's your dream like bucket list place to surf?
1: You know, people ask me this and I'm just not steeped enough in surfing to know okay. like the, the world surf spots yet. Okay. um because you know it's only been three years and I'm like just stand up on the wave don't look like a poop you know <laughs> like try to figure this out much yeah. less like let's fantasize about where let's else us take to
0: wherever <laughs>
1: like, yeah I'm just I'm like let me just figure out this surfing thing you know and then we can travel um <laughs> you know for surfing anyways That's so I, yeah. I genuinely love surfing in Hawaii like it, we it are the like mecca it. of surfing like I yeah. I am in my dream destination of surfing right you know and, I read that
0: I think Waikiki has the world's well, a world record for the most people that take their surf lessons is yeah. on, on Waikiki beach in Oahu
1: but we have some of the longest waves mm-hmm. in the world too yeah. like you yes. can get there's a reason you can get these like eternal rides here
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think that Bali has some like that too that just don't break, that you can just ride until your, your legs right. fall off.
0: I think like Bali, but, Tulum and Hawaii seem yeah. like the top ones.
1: I, I mean, it's hard to be the South Shore of Oahu. It's just any of those surf breaks from the Hilton Hawaiian Village at mm-hmm. Bowles all the way down to Diamond Head are magnificent mm-hmm. spots to surf. Mm-hmm. My home break is Publix which is a a very, it's more of a shallow reef break. So most people don't surf it. Um, But I don't have any issues with it. But everyone has a a different psychological preference. Some people are like, I have to surf a sand bottom. And if I don't surf a sand bottom, I think that something bad's gonna happen. I I love my reef breaks. They tend to be a little bit easier for me to surf. And as long as you're careful and you go out at the right time, right? Mm -hmm. Like when the tide is not ultra low, if there's really Got not it. anything that is going to go wrong versus if you just go to the wrong break for your experience level then you're going to get mm-hmm. into some
0: serious trouble right that definitely seems yeah like something you would really want to know and yeah no I love I love that and even when I was asking you like where's your favorite place to serve I was like I really doubt she's going to say anything other than Hawaii no, right I, like, I love it I mean Hawaii.
1: Maui's great to <laughs> serve like- too like Okay. I, I just love surfing. Th- I haven't even got to surf the other islands. Like, I've heard Lana'i has amazing surf. I haven't surfed Hawaii Island yet. I mean, I still got to get to the other islands and just surf those breaks. Right, um, and, right. And I'm still getting around Oahu, to tell you the truth. Like, I just haven't mm-hmm. been at a level where I could surf Makaha and North Shore and
0: East right. Side
1: Swells. So right. now that I'm finally entering a little bit of progress in my surfing journey, I can start going to these different breaks and taking some risks that now I have confidence to take. Whereas Mm -hmm. before, there was no way in hell you were going to get me out of the South Shore.
0: right? Because, you know, Makaha is a heavy break.
1: Yeah. I mean, these other places, they're heavy. Like when a wave crashes on you, like you're getting held under, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you got to get through shore breaks and there's, you know, currents that are really ripping out there. So I'm yeah. like, no, nah, I'm not leaving the South Shore. This is my happy oh, place.
0: Right. And so now
1: I'm finally just starting to venture to surf different parts of Oahu, much less the other Hawaiian islands. So before I start thinking internationally, I'm like, let me just get through Hawaii. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think then that's a good goal. we can start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good goal. I love that. And Elizabeth, what would you, what advice would you love to give to other women or girls? I said girls real weird. I said that like, um, what's okay. the guy from Minions? Girls. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> girls. Um, what would you, what advice would you give to other women or girls that were much like yourself that had never surfed before? Right. And don't know where to get started, how to get started, but it's something that they want to pursue. What piece of advice would you love to leave with them?
1: Okay, this is my number one takeaway for every single podcast and hopefully my number one takeaway on my page too. Get a surf instructor, period, the end. And I'm not talking about some beach bum trying to hustle you for 20 or 40 bucks off Craigslist. I mean, go to somebody who has dedicated their life to teaching people how to surf. This is for multiple reasons. I don't want you to have a bad experience surfing. I don't want you to nearly drown or paddle out there and just sit like a bump on a log and have this depressing, sad story mm-hmm. about surfing. Mm-hmm. Go get a surf instructor that is someone that can, you can converse with, you can ask questions to that you know is a confident um, person that can teach okay. you and get out there with them regularly. And I'm going to say it again, surfing is hard. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. this is not something that you are going to learn in eight weeks. Okay. This is a year long plus plus learning curve. Mm -hmm. All right. You are not even going to be comfortable surfing until you are years deep into this. They might tell you with their assistance, like paddle out on your own, just so that you can start psychologically getting used to not having someone Mm -hmm. next to you but to become a surfer is a it's an endeavor it is a dedication it's not like riding a bike where you can just get on and off when you feel like Mm -hmm. it um Mm -hmm. you will lose your paddling strength if you stop you will lose that hardening of your rib cage from you know laying on that hard surfboard
0: okay so
1: getting someone to guide you through that process and consistently encourage you and then finding other members in that community to you know, ask you and invite you to go surfing is critical Mm -hmm. if you want to continue doing this. And I don't care what size you are. I don't care what age you are. This is not a demographic issue. This is a beginner issue. You just need someone to kind of take you through the process Mm -hmm. of This is where we're going to sit on our surfboard. This is how we turn the surfboard. This is how we're going to paddle. These are the kind of waves you're going to paddle for. These are the breaks that are okay to go to. You don't go to these breaks unless you want to have a Mm -hmm. a potential accident or get in a Mm -hmm. fight with other surfers Mm -hmm. because you don't belong there, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many things. Um, Surfing etiquette. You have to learn surfing etiquette. Right, right. Where do you sit in the lineup? lineup. And I'm
0: like, who goes when? Who (laughs) wins? Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so there's, there's, there's rules of engagement to surfing mm-hmm. as well. And a surf instructor teaches you those rules of engagement so that you can be respectful to other surfers and so that you can be more um, you know, safe and, and knowledgeable about how to enter a lineup without being um, a risk or hazard to yourself and others, right? So mm-hmm. these are things that have to be learned. I mean, you have to think of yourself as a child that's you know, going yes. into school to yes. start acquiring knowledge. And then, you know, it's it's kind of like school, right? You go to mm-hmm. kindergarten and we start tracing the outline of right, the alphabet. And then right. you progress and then you can start writing sentences. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, it's a no brainer. But you have to have a teacher and instructor to kind of get you from ground zero to uh, hero, right? Absolutely. That is my number one takeaway. Like if anyone listens great. to this and wants to learn how to surf, find a mm-hmm. surf school, find a surf instructor that's supportive of you and just keep showing up. That's what, it's all it is. You just got to keep showing up. Right. You're going to have bad keep days. You're going to have great days. You're going to mm-hmm. have mediocre days. Key is you keep showing up when you're tired, when you don't feel like it, if it's hot, whatever mm-hmm. you show up. If it's right. raining,
0: you show up you to show surf. Up.
1: Like rain is not going to hurt you. You know, mm-hmm. like you just, you keep going out. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> No, that's super great advice. I love that, um, and it kind of cuts out like who's really serious about this, right? And who yeah. really wants to put in the time, right? Versus um, thinking, oh, like you said, like I'm gonna get on this and and I'm, I'm gonna start doing this, and in eight weeks I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna know my stuff. Yeah, um, but it's, that's that's unless you're a prodigy right right. there are prodigies out there don't get me wrong like there are people that show up
1: and just magically do things i don't understand them i'm not one of them but
0: (laughs) right we're like what unicorn are you more power to you buddy (laughs) yeah and at the same time like that's also such an appealing thing i i feel about the sport too right that it's a not a stagnating thing right there's always something else to learn there's always a new level that you can achieve there's always a new a new place that you can you know increase your skills, right. Or learn something new oh, in order to be able to serve that break. So no, that that's super cool. I love that. Um, I love your story, your personal story, your community that you're creating that has, you know, come out of your own personal journey, which I think is so amazing. And so I respect it so much, even if someone who as you self-describe is so new in a, in a, in a community and in a sport, et cetera. But you know, like, this is where I've come from. This is what I've dealt with. Others have to have as well. And I'm going to put this out there to pull them along with me and for us to connect. And again, it goes back to this woo-woo side of you, right? That you're like, (laughs) where you just know, like, I just know this has potential, right? I just know this has something. And I know that I somehow have a role to play in this. So let's go for it and see what happens. I think that's, that's incredible. Yep.
1: That's exactly well, what it was. It was a yeah. feeling, an idea. And I was like, I, am I'm the avatar. I have to do it. No one else is going to do it. I thought other people would do it to tell you the truth. I'm like, there's going to be some like plus size superstar, you know, yeah. like some corporate sponsor is going to, you know, be like, mm-hmm. so-and-so is the plus size. You know superstar of surfing and we were all going to sit back and be like okay it happened and great mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. that base is covered now and they have their little model and spokesperson and life goes on you know like maybe they'll right. start making stuff that fits us right. <laughs> like, that's, that's <laughs> right. literally what i thought was going to happen and uh-huh. i'm like
0: yeah, yeah it's not to happen.
1: Else. like screw yeah, it I'm, i'll be the, the one to do
0: part. it <laughs> that's great that's incredible well we can't wait to see where else this takes you and where, you know, where we start seeing you as that person, right? <laughs> with the, the, surf, the surf companies and the surf shops and everything. And I so appreciate you being so vulnerable with our audience and on our podcast today and, and sharing those things, even down to you, like you literally were open up to share the exact number on the scale. That's not something a oh, lot yeah. of us at any size, right? Really want to share. And I so respect people that are genuine and honest and open and vulnerable. And I just, I can't wait to see what other great things are going to happen for you, Elizabeth. And I hope to be able to connect with you again. And I know, um, I know with your story, you have definitely intrigued our listeners. So I want to make sure that they know where to find you. So before we sign off, can you make sure and share us, share with us where you can be found online, contact information, all that good jazz, go for it.
1: Yes. So you can always find me at curvy surfer girl on Instagram. You mm-hmm. can comment on any photo. I will always, you know, do my best to respond. Um, you I can, can send me to that. a DM. She's great
0: at responding to yeah. comments on photos. <laughs> like,
1: I, I love all you guys. And I spend a lot of time making sure that we have a connection. Like, I don't want yes. people to just go on there and feel like this is some distant thing. Like, I respond to every DM I get. Um, if people have questions, I try to answer them or direct them to someone more experienced that can answer them. Okay. Um, so uh instagram and then i i do also have a facebook page if you don't have instagram i'm not on there as much but i do check it um regularly like a couple times a week and try to respond okay. there too and then pretty soon i'll be launching a website and um, we're starting our own production for uh curvy surfer Girl surfboards which are surfboards specifically for this demographic it's, it's demystifying and simplifying the the process and purchase of a surfboard for women like us. There's gonna be no more um, you know, men in surf shops patronizing you because you don't know what kind of board to buy. I'm gonna start making a guide and then an actual production of surfboards. That way you mm-hmm. can just go into a surf shop. You already know what you need. You mm-hmm. tell them and you walk out with something that works for you that you can surf without you know, That's being great. patronized.
0: Yeah. So. so that's awesome. Being equipped and, and informed. And so your Facebook, is your Facebook the same as Instagram? Is it curvy yep. surfer girl? Okay.
1: Everything is curvy surfer girl. It's going to be curvy okay. surfer girl.com curvy surfer girl on Facebook, Instagram. That's the whole Elizabeth is curvy surfer
0: girl. <laughs> so Love it. That's amazing. if you want to connect with me,
1: that's how you do it. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, again, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today, sharing your story, sharing your journey, which I feel like is only beginning and we cannot wait to see where this journey leads and everybody that you bring along with you and their journeys and stories as well.
1: Yes. I'm so stoked. Ashley, you've been an incredible moderator today and podcast host. So grateful to you and your audience um, for listening to this story and being part of it.
0: Absolutely. Will you take care? And um can't wait to share this with everyone and best of luck. What, um Mahalo. That's what it was. Yes. I, was thinking, I was like, what yes. is the, the Hawaiian term? So mini mahalo, Elizabeth.
1: Yes, mahalo nui loa ho aloha.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> take care. Aloha. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the awesome girl adventures podcast. Since I know you love this episode, there are more stories of women doing their thing over on our show. And for a daily dose of rod women, we're on Instagram at awesome girl adventures until next time. Keep being awesome.